and boom goes the dynamite. It's Tuesday night, ladies and gentlemen, and you know what that means. We are back with a brand new episode of The Boom presented by the Fight Game Media Network. I'm your host, James McDaniel. I'm here with your co-host, Kevin Ely. Kevin, how's your week been? Man, so busy. <laughs> it has been a really I, busy week. I know. Really I had to busy. even I had to even check in with you yesterday and say, can we push it a day? Because I, I hadn't even gotten to watch... Ram, uh, like at this time yesterday, I hadn't even watched Dynamite yet, which made me feel really good because I'm usually the guy that's like, oh, man, can we can we put it <laughs> off a couple hours? Can we put it off till tomorrow? It's like, finally, finally, <laughs> it's coming from the other side. But this was actually a really good week of TV, particularly mm-hmm. Rampage. A lot of people are a bit negative on the fact there weren't a lot of big matches but every match was really, really good. I'm really looking forward to talking about Rampage later on. Mm-hmm. But we've got some we've got some new stories here. I'm gonna I'm gonna run them down and then we can talk about them at your leisure. Okay. Um, Stu Grayson, as of right now, is gone from AEW. He was offered a new contract. He turned it down. They were not able to work out financials. The trios belts have been minted. They are they exist right now. So we don't have another situation with the TNT belt where it's half finished. <laughs> half finished, um, yes. So they're ready. They're ready and waiting for Kenny Omega. We talked about weeks and weeks ago. We said the trio's belts are happening, but it's going to happen when Kenny Omega's back. And Tony Khan repeated that this week, saying he's waiting for Kenny Omega. Um, we've got kind of an update on Darius Martin and his injury, it turns out. Mm-hmm. I forgot who shared this. It was another wrestler. Malachi Black. Malachi randomly. Black. Okay. Um the, the guy who clearly is keeping up with everybody's well-being. Right. Uh, the guy was the poor guy was injured in a car wreck. Yeah. Um, which kind of tells you, like, as big as AEW is in our worlds inside this bubble, mm-hmm. that tells you how small AEW is, is that one of their regular competitors was in a car wreck and it, nobody got that news story. Like, it didn't register yeah. with anybody that he was in a car wreck. And so... Yeah, Lots I wonder. Did you see the areas. photo? Yeah, for sure. Did you no, see the I haven't photo? Seen. No, he posted a photo. Um, he, you know, he's never spoken about it. And he was a little prickly about it. You know, yeah. the first week. You know, when people were speculating what happened. I would be so prickly if I were him, having yeah. just come back from injury and then right. down again for oh, man. I think Malachi you know. said something like nine months. Yeah. So he he posted a photo of himself later where he was in a neck brace. Okay. And he had a cast on his, I believe, left wrist and then also showed his the right arm had a bunch of like cuts and scratches on it. And he Jeez. didn't say what it was. But the first thing I thought was that looks like a car wreck. You know, yeah, wrench your yeah. neck, you probably hurt your wrist on the driver's, you know, airbag or dry, or steering yeah. wheel or something. And then probably some broken glass. I just um, pulled it up. Yeah. And I would like my my knee jerk reaction would be either car wreck or. Or Ray Phoenix match. Yeah. Could go either way, really. <laughs> and he's had both, I think. So, yeah. yeah, he has had both pretty recently. <laughs> oh, man. And then the Forbidden Door. Yeah. The tickets went on sale. Basically an immediate sellout. They, they yeah. held a few tickets back for the general public. I'm mm-hmm. sure those lasted about eight seconds as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this Being is what everybody's wanting. Yeah. This is what yeah, everybody's wanted since the creation of the term Forbidden Door. This yes. is the match, and so I, I'm I'm dumbfounded. People yeah. thought this would go; these ticket sales would go slow. I'm I'm amazed too, right? But the the very beginning, the very announcement of AEW 
people thought this will be the new partner for New Japan. Yeah. Like this, like what is happening is exactly what everyone thought. AWB when it first started, you it's, know, just this. It's fully what we've promotion. wanted for yeah. three years. Yeah. So of course they're gonna do well. I mean, it's it is amazing that they sold out the United Center, which is huge. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, especially so soon after, you know. I would have thought about it if I hadn't already committed to double or nothing, but yeah. like my budget only allows me like one wrestling trip every like 10 years. So, <laughs> so it was not in the cards like, for me. My life is like in too much flux right now. Or I yeah. cause like when this happens, I could attend it, but I yeah. don't have the money right now to attend it as I'm packing right. up everything and moving cross right. country. So hopefully we get a forbidden yeah. door to next year. We need to really need to, re- we need to get some more Patreon subscribers so we can get a travel budget. That's exactly right. And listen, I'm well, I was about to say I'm big on road trips, but I was thinking of road tripping straight up and picking you up in Oklahoma City. I yeah. don't think that'll quite work from Albuquerque. Maybe it will, though. The last time I road trip to the United Center was for UFC 2. I almost died along the way. I got such a bad case of food poisoning. I lost 50 pounds. What? I think I almost died, Kevin. Wow! Yeah, almost died in a in a in a really sad hotel in in St. Louis. But I didn't wow. want to bother anybody by like calling for help. <laughs> and then later, I realized the friend that I didn't want to bother his wife's a nurse. Yeah, so, <laughs> lessons learned. Yeah, so that's that's my United Center story. Um, okay, so to me, the most the the biggest thing here is Stu Grayson in that. Stu Grayson is not a major name in AEW. He's a big part mm-hmm. of the Dark Order. And for a long mm-hmm. time, the Dark Order was a big part of AEW. And I really think that they had a storyline going that was built around the fact Tony Khan thought he was going to get Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. And he didn't get Bray Wyatt. And then that storyline of them kind of being at each other's throats just kind of fell apart. And... He's just such a talented guy, and he never got featured the way he should. Um, for anybody that saw the 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 Dark Order before the Dark Order, Super Smash Brothers, they're mm-hmm. a phenomenal tag team. I really hate that he's gone. I really want Jake Hager to get fired. I want Chris <laughs> Jericho to get put on sabbatical. Yeah. I want him on an Undertaker contract coming in three times a year. I want everybody to be fired to get him back. And if, But the thing is, if everybody got fired to bring him back, they still probably wouldn't be that featured because, frankly, at this point, people are more excited about Silver and Reynolds. Yeah. And I'm really curious about what's going to happen with Evil Uno. Like, I'm sure yeah. they're not they're not itching to fire anybody in the Dark Order. I don't believe that. But yeah. he thinks he can make more money, and he probably can if he gets an impact contract, mm-hmm. which I think would be a really good landing spot for him. And uh, and then Evil Uno will be a single for maybe the first time in a decade or something like that. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens there with the Dark Order in general. Yeah, they he, I mean, Stu Grayson's about as OG as it gets when it comes to AEW. Yeah. He was one of the very first, you know, the Super Smash Brothers and, uh, um, you know, he, like pretty much week one on television. Yeah, they he were, was there know. when they were t- horrible creepy yeah. perverts who i hated yes i hated that old dark order so yeah. much and i think everybody did and they managed to get over even and i don't say this casually even before the death of Brody lee mm-hmm. they were really getting over mm-hmm. and that just kind of strapped yeah. the rocket ship to 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 the faction 
Yeah. And it's a shame they're just kind of faded away. And when they go to Long Island, uh, John Silver gets a really good match on TV. <laughs> right. It's it. It is a bummer. I I'm not as sad about it as you because I I mean Stu Grayson's Broke a guy man. that I that I I mean he's awesome. Like all those guys, yeah. you know, you put him in the Dark Order match. I mean they're on Dark and Elevation almost every week, and yeah. they're always do these great spots. And you know, and it's like it's about what could uh, kind of what could yeah. have been or what should have been, not what mm-hmm. was. And that's where right. the sadness comes from. There. Um, yeah. Speaking about what could have been and what should have been. Everyone needs to check out patreon.com slash fight fight game media. Five dollars a month. You can support me, Kevin, everybody here at Fight Game Media. And we all do bonus episodes every month. Every show here, you get extended episodes of Brace for Impact. And um yeah, and and listen, if you had already done this months ago, maybe Kevin Ely could would be at the Forbidden Door. He might already have a That's ticket. Right. We'd already no. No, nope. your selfishness. It's too late. Now they're gone. It's too late. The tickets are gone. Kevin's stuck in Oklahoma City with earthquakes, <sighs> yep, tornadoes, earthquakes. yep, both heat. You'd right. be Hit lucky to survive the weekend because you decided you you were going to keep that five dollars in your pocket for a rainy day. If I so, die in a tornado quake that weekend, it's all your fault. It's all on you. It's all on you, dear listener. So if if you decide. At some point in your life to do to be, you know, beneficial with your money to try and help out the 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 help out the world. <laughs> Patreon.com slash fight game media. By the way, I actually need to I think my uh I think my check bounced for my subscription this week. I gotta go get that sorted out after this podcast. <laughs> I've gotta get that sorted out myself. Okay, so let's go over this week's power rankings. They are a little bit ridiculous, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Frankie Kazarian has has jumped over John Moxley, and John Moxley is number three despite only having singles matches in Defy Pro Wrestling. Yep, sure, yeah, sure. Um, we've got uh, Anna Jay still solidly number three in the women's division despite the rise of Tony Storm mm-hmm. and uh, Ruby Soho having a couple pretty good weeks, and over in the tag team division. Um, it's kind of the same and it's still awesome. We've got yeah. Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks moved up one spot over Silver and Reynolds. Um, but tag team's kind of awesome right now. And I wanted to point out one thing. I think Tony mm. Khan has to be incredibly proud of himself right now with this list of champions. Hangman Adam Page, mm-hmm. Scorpio Sky, Thunder yep. Rosa, Jade Cargill, Jungle Boy Luchasaurus. Yeah. All this talk over AEW snapping up all this ex WWE talent. Right. There's mm-hmm. not a WWE person there except for Luchasaurus, who I believe was like, yeah, he was barely. barely on television, barely. And Jungle Boy is the A side of that tag team, and we all right. know it. Right. And uh, listen, I know some people think tag is a little weak right now, and some people aren't super excited about Adam Page. This is a hell of a group of champions right now. Yeah. They're all homegrown, you know, with. Scorpio Sky being impact grown. Yeah, and I like that uh, they're they're this week. We'll get into it, but they're taking a little. They're actually heading somewhere with the TNT title. Yeah, at least at the beginning, the very beginnings of sorting out all the mess that was happening over the last several weeks. Yeah, and I, I like I actually for a weird promo in which they were both booed and cheered, depending on whether or not they were talking about Sammy Guevara. Mm-hmm. And I believe that was on Rampage this week. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that little crew, that little American top team crew, they did a lot in that promo. Yeah, First they did a lot. lot. Dan Lambert buried a city like few can bury a city. MJF <laughs> tried to bury Baltimore. Dan Lambert put it six feet under like he His was own. triple H. Yeah. As a oh hometown guy. His own hometown. He said he would rather get crabs from a street walker than from a bayside restaurant. <laughs> that Yes. He talked Such about a line. Oh, what was the, what was his line? I've got to find it here on uh, on the people of Baltimore. I know I put it in the notes here. Let me find this. This it's, is worth it. Yeah, it's starting to be a little uh, I'm getting a little uncomfortable with how casually uh, and often that Dan Lambert talks about uh, the world's oldest profession in pretty much. every. Oh, every episode. Yeah, every episode. every episode. Baltimore on. He came for crab cakes hard. I'm yeah. surprised he didn't throw Old Bay seasoning under the bus. He didn't know. <laughs> he claimed Miami is a home. But what where this ended was Frankie. I'm not not Frankie Kazarian. Frankie Kazarian did come out, face Scorpio Sky, and Scorpio Sky said he wants to do things differently. He wants to be a fighting champion, and he buried the co-champion and said that belt needs to go under glass at American Top Team like it should yep. have in the first place. I like that. We have got a little bit of a face turn for Scorpio Sky here mm-hmm. in the middle of a semi-face turn for the whole group, clearly not for Dan Lambert. Um I'm interested to see I'm interested to see where this is going and I would kind of I would kind I'm kind of interested in a potential Feud between heel Ethan Page and face Scorpio Sky. I wonder. That I wonder belt. if that's where it's headed because uh, so there was something interesting. Tony Khan did an interview on a podcast. I would give him credit if I don't have it handy, but I'll look it up. Um, yeah, he was on a um, podcast and he was talking about Sammy and Tay Conti, and they were asking about them being heels. And the quote that he gave, uh, let's see, he was. Uh, talking about how happy it was for them. And he thought the fans would be really happy for them. And he says, you don't try to spit fit a square peg into a round hole. I like Sammy. I like Tay. The fans like Sammy and the fans like Tay. I like Sammy and Tay together. The fans do not. That's where we <laughs> differentiate. And that's what I've come to accept. So I wonder if that means that he's saying, okay, this current situation I have with Scorpio, Mm -hmm. Uh, ATT and, you know, Dan Lambert um, and uh, Tay and Sammy like that. That's just not working. Yeah. And I wonder, like he just said, hey, the mix tags off in the promo. And And I never quite said it was back on. Right. I'm wondering if he's just if they're like, yeah, that's off. That's we're not doing that anymore because the dynamics all wrong. We'll figure out something else with Paige. And, uh, you know, and then now what we're going to do is have Scorpio and Kazarian leading to Ethan and Scorpio and then just I, get Tay and then really have Tay and Sammy repackaged. I really as much as I want Paige uh, versus Ty Conti, I um I also wonder if Ty if Paige Van Zant being on a man's back climbing to the top of a ladder may have taken <laughs> some of the wind she, out of her pro wrestling sales she was questioning her priorities. Week. Yeah, they might already be heavily questioning those yeah. priorities. So let's jump back a little bit to Dynamite. We had Jr. Tony Excalibur, Adam Cole on the mic. We came out. Jeff Hardy uh, defeated Bobby Fish. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready for him to clean house with the Hardys. I want it all cinematic all the time. 
<laughs> I felt like Bobby Fish should have won this match, but there was no way he was going to win this match. We were yeah. always going to get Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. It's one of the few matches where you get really excited and you're thinking both men could die yeah. and nobody, like no Vegas odds makers would be surprised if right. neither man survives. Sting and Darby, of course, were in the rafters. Um, and then, but was what was, trying not to repeat myself here, what was most interesting about this is what what followed, which mm-hmm. was the the Blackpool Combat Club video package about mm-hmm. scars. And that yeah. thing was awesome, Kevin. Yeah. Did you see the version that was on the Road to video on on a YouTube? So this it was, was basically taken the, from it like an edit? Yeah. It was basically the same, but the one on YouTube was probably twice as long. It really didn't have that much more content in it, but it was just a lot more footage of them stretching poor Wheeler Yuta. Uh, <laughs> and it was great. It was fantastic. I loved it you know, so much. And the and and when I first saw it, um, you know, the the fight game Facebook group exploded because it's just like, you know, dog treats yeah. to a puppy, you know, yeah. and um, and everyone was like, this needs to be on dynamite. And I was so happy to see that it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I um, I really felt this one in my heart. I'm a super petty person. <laughs> Um, to my bones, I think uh-huh. that's a Louisiana thing, really. Yeah, I don't forgive, I don't forget, and the thought of of leaving your opponent scarred. Yeah, to where every day when they look in the mirror, they think right. of you. Yeah, my God, that warmed line, my yeah. little heart. The, when, oh, you hand, so good. when you hand someone a knife, ninety nine percent of people will stab someone with it, but we'll just cut you on the cheek. That's right. I just that's, you remember it. William every Regal is morning. He's so good. He's warmed up and and he's ready to go. He was, you know, he's starting to really feel himself now. And I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. Yeah. Um, it, it bears some mentioning. The AEW universe has been having a lot of fun intentionally messing up the BCC with the BBC in their comments <laughs> on Twitter. Just yeah. so pe- just so it's documented for posterity. That is something that is happening right now a lot. And it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so we had the BCC, the Blackpool Combat Club. They defeated the Butcher, the Blade, and Angelico, or as William Regal likes to say, and and yeah, <laughs> yeah. At the very least, Angelico. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to see Angelico has not been completely forgotten since Jack Evans is gone. Um, I would Mexican really like submission specialist. That's right, Angelico. That is. That is exactly right. That should be his new cold-hearted, handsome devil. Um, I kind of feel like them throwing him in with the Butcher and the Blade, though, to grades Butcher and the Blade little. I want Butcher and the Blade to be really serious contenders. I really would like that. And as long as as, is they've got the stink Mm -hmm. of the of the. Of the of the Hardy Andrade family office on them, yeah, they need to wipe that out completely. It's It's a real real. bummer. It it took me back to um, during uh, the 2020 time during the Daily's Place run when they, you know, they did like that false count anywhere match with Young Bucks, and I was like, man, they used to be in the kitchen. They were badasses. Like we talk about the Dark Order, yeah, these guys who have been around since you know the first six months of the company, like they're just really falling down the card and. 
um, you know, everyone still loves the butcher and the blade still has some credibility with them, but like, yeah, not a whole lot. <laughs> they need a little bit of a reboot somehow. Yeah. I don't know how, but they need to be, a, there needs to be a little bit of a reboot. The butcher looks amazing. So everybody's kind of loving him right now. At least yeah. I do. Um, so let's see. Um, I love Yuta's new gear, by the way. I've said I it before. Too. Really yeah. like the new gear. He, he, uh, he, uh, Saved up his money, got some new gear to go to Japan right. with. He's going to look great. He's getting all well. that win money now. Now that yeah. he's no longer with best friends, getting those win checks. That's right. Now he's going to be going to best of super juniors in style. Can't yeah, wait to see what he does there. I'm really excited to see what he does there. And again, this is a conversation we've been having every week. Mm-hmm. Um, he is over with everybody. Even Paul Fontaine says he is over with him. He is. And, yes. And Paul Fontaine is a is a is a, a great lover of excellent wrestling talent and likes yes. very much Wheeler Yuta now. And I want to be clear about that, Paul. <laughs> I know you like Wheeler Yuta. Yes. Even though you seem to He has come around. You know. When you when you win him over, you've earned it. You hate on some aspects of Wheeler Yuta, not Wheeler Yuta the not, person. Not even gonna use the word hate. No. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so okay. I, though, though, but speaking of Paul, on um on yeah. the Dynamite show last week, um, they had an interesting conversation I thought about Wheeler Yuta going to Best of Super Juniors. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Paul brought up that he was really looking forward to seeing how much Wheeler uh would improve. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, going through that tournament, right? You know, the like, yeah. super you know, you're gonna be working really hard with some really great people. Uh and Jeff brought up an interesting point that he um, said that he he didn't necessarily see that happening because the style of best of super juniors is what he already does well. Yeah. So what do you think? And I that? think that's a, I think that's that's fair. I agree with that a hundred percent. I don't think he'll be like able to really continue. I mean, he could try and, and work his new style into it, but the yeah. style he's been doing is the style of best of the super juniors for sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he brings, you know, a little bit of that harder edge stuff that he's been doing since he's, you know, the elbows and uh, the more gutsy stuff, you know, and yeah. a little bit of Moxley bringing that into Let's the super juniors, or if I he'll mean, just sort of go right back to, you know, the super uh, clean, crisp, right. you know, cooperative. I mean, style. it's really going to come down to whether he brings a knife on the trip. I think right. that's really going <laughs> to be the determining factor there. I think, yeah. We had uh, Starks and Hobbs had an interview with Tony uh, with Tony Schiavone. Jurassic Express immediately interrupts. For some reason, Jungle Boy wants the FTW title. For some reason, he's willing to give a tag title match for the FTW yeah. title. That is sure. going to be a great tag title match. Um, and the FTW melt that is on the line this Wednesday. So dynamite. Does are we thinking uh, that think the Jungle team tag match is the is the yeah? I think Jungle Boy loses. So you think the the Team Taz tag title shot will be double or nothing or TV? I think double or nothing. That's what it feels like to me, it too. It feels like it because, I mean, it's really... And I'd love a, to see him win it. It's two weeks away. Like, I don't right. think they've got really room to to, to change course right now. Right. Oh, I guess man. not. Yeah, I guess so. A lot of people were thinking that it was the um, Blackpool would get the tag title shot, but they don't seem to be heading that way. They're, they don't I don't think they really care about the title. At some point, they're going to be in that title picture, and I think yeah. they're going to take them. But right now, 
I don't think they're really interested. They're all they're interested in is whipping ass, man. That's it. <laughs> whipping ass and scarring faces. Right. It's like the um, opposite of what 2.0 used to be. They're just free yeah. range ass whippers. That's exactly right. You know, now they've kind of they're they're focusing solely on Eddie Kingston and breaking the his his wife's heart, which I cannot wait to talk about that later. Oh, yeah. Eddie Kingston's work wife. Uh-huh. Um but there's something here I want to mention just because it's a little different. Mm-hmm. We had two or three different promos on this show that were like eight seconds long. Yeah. Keith Lee and Swerve were just like, you, mm-hmm. you, you will swerve in our glory. Oh, that was gosh. it. That was the That's whole the promo. That's the worst. It That's was awful. I even wrote down. It was what, embarrassing. What, it Yeah, it was the worst. He wrote down. I wrote down but something not he said. The worst, not the worst yes. thing on AEW TV this week. This, this is what Keith Lee said to start his promo. Dubious. Questionable. Unproven. All words to describe what you did. Talking about like the attack from the week before. Okay. All right. And I'm like, did you just randomly generate some nouns to he, he clearly like, did. I like that his his unproven. Like, I was like, unproven, really? Like it's on tape. It's proven. Yeah, it's proven. It's absolute. <laughs> um, much like Ricky Starks. But I get that he's like his gimmick is that he's verbose. Right. He should know what these words mean if he's going to yes. be verbose. Yeah, if you're going to be verbose, be, ver- be verbose. Yeah. I just want to see him throw people into the third row. That's yeah. all I want. I, I'm fine with him being verbose. I'm yeah. fine with him having a great vocabulary. He has a great vocabulary. I just want to see him put people through walls. Well, That's what I want out of Keith Lee. Yeah, and so he did that on um, Elevation. Uh, yeah. Elevation episode that dropped today. So. Uh, oh, I from have the, from that days from that Baltimore taping. There was a Keith Lee uh, swerve squash match that was fun. I because we're doing this show a day later than usual. I intentionally didn't watch any today's stuff. Okay, yeah, because I would have got typically you wouldn't. Up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so to me, one of the things I want to talk about in this episode, I want to talk about every week, and we're because mm-hmm. we're about to get into it is. An AEW heat index. Mm-hmm. And I want us every week to talk about the top three or top five like items that have real heat that we are excited about. Kind of like our own power rankings. Yeah, kind of like our own power rankings to kind of keep track of, of where things are and maybe compare them to what we think AEW wants them to be because mm-hmm. those two things don't always line up. Mm-hmm. And one of them here is Wardlow. Wardlow yes. is over. And the thing is, is I'm curious, Kevin, who do you think is moreover has more heat right now in AEW Wardlow or the Blackpool Combat Club? Oh man, I'm leaning. I think I'm, Blackpool has had a few weeks where they were ahead, mm-hmm. but I think this week we are getting to such a fever pitch here. Yeah, I think Wardlow right now. Wardlow, I think Wardlow's number one. Wardlow is the star of the week across yeah. all the shows. Absolutely, like that. That side, they just keep adding to it uh, so well. And, um, you know, you can quibble about whether he, you know, is selling too much in these matches against these big dudes. It doesn't really yeah. bother me because it makes him feel no. more human than and yeah. like he's more of a superhuman than a, like a Superman, you know? Yes. I mean, but he, he took out, I counted him up 14 guys, not counting Morrissey. So when, when yeah. they, when they charge the ring one by one, knocking down 14 guys and the way that crowd ate that up they with a spoon. It. Yeah. He loved listen, it. I'm not saying 
He is remotely in the league of Stone Cold. But that's what everybody wants in wrestling. Everybody wants a Stone Cold type character yeah. to this day. And Wardlow is the closest we have come to that in AEW in the last three years. And yeah, they've been ch- freaking they, love it. I think they've been, you know, looking at old Stone Cold tapes, you know, like yeah. how the even the things like with the handcuffs and stuff, how Stone Cold yeah. would carry himself when they would, you know, when they would uh, take him away. He wasn't mad, you know. Like, and that's kind of been me. a Wardlow thing. Back. Yeah. Even even in, in old BTE segments with the Dark Order, mm-hmm. when they're being ridiculous and homoerotic with him, yeah. he's always been unbothered. He right. always had the smile. Yeah. And and, and it, that is genuinely him. Yeah. And it's awesome. I absolutely love it. And by the way, I never thought I'd be saying this on a podcast or just as a human person. I was really impressed with Big Cass, with William Morrissey. Yeah. He looked phenomenal. He looked yeah. to me like a, and I I know, listen, I'm going to get some heat for this. The first place my mind went when I watched him walk out was he looks like a young Kevin Nash. He really looked yeah. like a young Kevin mm-hmm. Nash, mm-hmm. like back when he was Oz. Yeah. And he had a really good match. Um, like, I, and I don't know how much of that was Wardlow and how much of that was William Morrissey. Yeah. But watching that and hearing <clears throat> that WWE is interested in him again now. Yeah. I was thinking, man, I might I might give him a shot if I'm AEW because a guy of that size, if his attitude is fixed, mm-hmm. and he's in the best shape of his life. Mm-hmm. It's hard to miss with somebody that looks like that. Yeah. And we talked last week. You hadn't really seen much of him in Impact, right? The last, no, I haven't. say, eight months None. or so. Yeah. None. So it's really interesting because his character for a while there in Impact was kind of similar to how Wardlow is being presented now. Okay. Where he's this guy who's like, I won't be pushed around and they're trying to hold me back. And, so, you know, I'm just killing security dudes. Yeah. You know, having these huge things where I can't be contained. So a lot of what they're doing with Wardlow was what they did with Morrissey and Impact. And he was doing really well there. I don't think he's doing he well. You know they have smaller crowds, so it's hard to yeah. It's hard to imagine, but uh, yeah. I mean he he was he was great. And I I you know if he if they bring him into AEW, I think he'd be good. I think he'd be good with MJF as a new muscle guy. Yeah. Even though he's already lost, but honestly, I. If I were WWE, I'd, I'd give him another shot because yeah. I think he could it's, be big time. It reminds me of the conversation that um, I forgot who was. It was Undertaker that described the conversation with. Um, was it Taker? Either way, on all the different Conrad podcasts, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there have been these conversations about how Ole Anderson cut Mark Callis because he said this guy will never draw. Yeah. And it's like a six, a guy who's 6'10 right. can walk the top rope yeah. is never going to draw. Like right. you were on you all the cocaine, <laughs> all the cocaine. Yeah. In and the like whiskey. Shreveport, Louisiana or wherever they were at that time. Yep. He was on it. And the thing is, a guy like that, you can again, you can try and fail with a few gimmicks. But when you get the right gimmick in the on them mm-hmm. and they're into it, they can make magic happen. Yeah. Okay. Next interview, Britt and Jamie, Tony and Ruby. The highlight of this interview was was basically Britt's, I don't remember the order, Britt saying she's not going to leave. 
no, Ruby Soho saying I'm not leaving and Brit saying I'm not leaving. The rumor is, is they are still standing there. Tony <laughs> Schiavone's gone home to this day. Yeah. They're still standing in that interview segment, even right. after their match. They went to the match. They returned to the segment. Yeah. Um, they haven't had the best interviews lately, but this one no. wasn't terrible. Um, but Adam Page was the most inter- interesting interview of the week, um, saying he is going to destroy CM Punk. Yeah. He pointed out a fan wearing CM Punk merchandise, let him know he's going to be returning that merchandise mm-hmm. out of shame. Mm-hmm. And he was getting booed like crazy. Like the yeah. crowd was pro CM Punk. And but now they're about to go into a building that's anti CM Punk in Long Island next yep. week. Um, are they having they're not going to have a contract signing for this. They're just going to have the MJF Wardlow contract signing. Correct. I would next think week. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, he he, he of course, uh, throughout there's no, they're not going to have any kind of masturbatory Bret Hart tribute match. <laughs> yeah. No, no, sir. It's yeah. just going to be the destruction of CM Punk. Right. I was excited with this. It felt a little heelish. It felt like a little bit yeah. of a turn. Right. Don't know what's happening here. I don't I don't think it's a turn turn. I think I think yeah. what they're doing is they are trying to push all the buttons on both sides going into it. So it's going to be a hot like, match like the final. Yeah. So it's just a hot match. I think they just yeah. want I think what they're wanting is dueling chance in Vegas, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I th- and I think they're also kind of feeling out like, OK, can, you know, Paige, uh, you know, I don't know, just lay in the groundwork for, OK, if if Paige isn't feeling it, if, if the crowd's not feeling it, yeah. we can we can have them lean to the heel stuff. You right. know what I mean, and if um, if if punk needs to go more heelish, we can do that. So I think what they're doing is kind of letting it play both ways, taking advantage of the situations. I think the idea of just knowing that punk's going to be booed because it's Long Island and he craps on yeah. Long Island still because of MJF, yeah. that letting that carry over that, you know, if if uh, Paige comes out and interrupts him on Wednesday. Yeah. You know, and they have a standoff like Paige will be so over. And it'll yeah. be great. Yeah. Okay. So, AEW Heat Index, number one Wardlow, number two Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah. Do you think Adam Page right now, this feud, Page Punk, does that make that top five? Does that make, yeah. Does that come so this number week, three? he's my number three, if not two. Okay. Okay. I think that, I think that Blackpool Combat Club Blackpool. video kept them at number two. But, and I, now yeah. I think for weeks, Swerve Strickland was on this list mm-hmm. based purely on his personality. Mm-hmm. And they are, he is falling as they do nothing with him right now. Yeah. They're just, just nothing. on a treadmill. Oh. And it is AW. I, as much as we have praised the long term storytelling, mm-hmm. they are incredibly non reactive to fan sentiment. We've seen yeah. this over and over. The fact that we we thought we were getting the culminating moment in the turn of Julia Hart that has been going now for oh, eight gosh. years. Yes. And we didn't get it. Yeah. We didn't get it. No. And 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 that's slow not, burn. 
yeah, slow we'll, burn. We'll talk more. Well, no, I think that is basically. We'll talk about that in just a second. Yeah, it's too slow a burn for something that nobody cares about. It is a fire. Right. That is a slow burn that people want put out. They had a moment where people cared when they thought it was going to happen. People yeah. cared. They wanted yes. to see it. They were chanting Despite House of Black. the fact it was already a horrible second. Yeah. And they were right. still kind of excited it was finally going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then they just stole the poor woman's eye patch. Right. And then JR, man, JR is just walking that line. Dude. So creepy. Just what? Look at those. Look at her little lips trembling. Yeah. Her little lips. <laughs> so creepy. Not quite cancelable stuff, but just no, walking but, that line, man. Yeah. Just walking that tightrope. And it's just it's a matter of time before he says. Yeah. He also later on during this week said that so and so had a had a had a very close lineable body. What does that even mean i'm not sure like papa used to say that about mama but i think that was a whole nother matter i'm not sure um but i've got the exact quote somewhere here in the notes yeah let me find that uh yeah he's jr said diana perrazzo had a clothesline ready body is that his way of saying thick with a couple of c's i don't know that's a pretty I'm I'm going to recommend we not not talk about women's tiny trembling lips or close lineable bodies. It's just not a it's not a good idea. Not a good. Also, you know what? Also, we need less talk of streetwalkers from um, from Dan Lambert. Yes. And sexually transmitted diseases. Yeah. And frankly, I'm not comfortable with Adam Page talking about masturbation as much as he's been lately. (laughs) Really uncomfortable, by the way. Yeah. Just so everybody knows, in my life, I've been talking about this move to Albuquerque for a while now, a couple right. months. This right. this interview procedure started in February, February 18th. And ever since, Instagram has been doing nothing but trying to sell me Adam Page shirts. I don't mean Adam Page merch. I mean the very shirts that Adam Page wears into the ring oh. every week. Yeah, I've got Southwest style. I've got so many screen caps. I'm probably going to send you when I'm driving to Albuquerque of all the shirts they've been trying to sell me that would. They are exactly the shirts Adam Adam Page has to buy from this place. But either way, we had fringes on the sleeve. Yes. Fringe on the shoulders. Oh, man. So much fringe, man. You need Um, to get one and wear it to Vegas. Oh, my God. I would. We already picked a shirt for you to wear to Vegas, though. I would look like the biggest goof. I would get food thrown at me. Oh my God. Um, but you wouldn't be, but you, at least you wouldn't be confused as a leprechaun. No. Oh my God. If I decided to go full, full Adam page yeah. with a belt buckle, like yeah. way too tight jeans, boots yep. and that shirt. You'd Vegas get on TV. Vegas wouldn't forget that anytime no. soon. I think I would wore get that on to TV. the show. They would cut, yeah. they would, they would cut to you during his entrance. Yeah. And then what we would do is we would, um, I'll get you like some eye drops. <laughs> and then like, as he comes out, you can like, I put can the have eye that dro- lone tear. Yeah. Have the lone tear for the hangman as he comes out. God, and then I'd be sure to like swaps, you know, like we'll make sure that my wife's sitting next to you. So she gets on TV next to you. I could be the orange hangman. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about, well, We'll come back to the wizard, Chris Jericho. I want to talk about the gun club promo because I loved it. 
I never thought I did too, the actually. gun club naturally should be hanging out with the acclaimed. Yeah. But those, they are the most, the douchiest, most bro-like dudes. Mm-hmm. And it's perfect. They got them. They got the acclaimed scissors. They're all just scissoring. They were having the times of their lives. I don't care if all the matches going forward, the eight mans they're going to have are going to be the terrible. Fibles. The fivals. Yeah. I love this promo so much. I, and I realized too. it was I so re- dumb, but man, it was so dumb, but so great. And then he, of course, at the end, um, was it Max that tried to go yeah. in with the actual with the scissors, real scissors, the scissor? Yeah. yeah, they all. Oh my god, it was ridiculous, and I loved it. And I realized how, how much I love the acclaimed when I see insanity like this. The only and ones how much- who are allowed to make uh, a double entendres, as yes. far as I'm concerned, they're also, still allowed. I freaking love Billy Gunn, man. Or as as Danhausen calls him, Mister Bill Ass. Yes, it's phenomenal. Um. Okay. He was fun. So the wizard Chris Jericho. Yeah. The wizard. The wizard, because he throws fire. Yes. I didn't even put two and two together until you said that. At least it makes sense. Yeah. At least there's a reason. Defeated Santana. Yeah. Any thoughts on this match? I mean, all, one of the things I thought was, you know, when they were first breaking up and I thought this is the match I wanted to see. Yeah. Because I thought, wow, Santana really has it. He needs yeah. to be, you know, they need to break out. He needs to become his own star. And all this did was remind me of how uh, just lateral move, what a lateral move it was for Santana yeah. Ortiz to move over to be with Kingston. Because they're think- still just the secondary guys in the group. It sucks. It really sucks. And one of the things also that bothers me about this is I've already touched on it in this episode. AEW needs to do some things at a fairly swift pace. Like some things are great when they're carried out over a two year period. Right. Sometimes feuds just need to happen and Mm -hmm. happen fast. And I'm ready for this to be done. I am already tired of it. Now, they did something awesome. Later in this show, Eddie Kingston calls into the announce booth, <laughs> which I yeah. love. Absolutely love that uh-huh. about his wife of 20 years, which is a worked wife. There is no wife. Oh, that's is it at work? Yeah, it's a work. Oh, He's also had work even better over his career. He has had many work children, mm-hmm. the worked wife that he comes home to who is weeping Um and it's ridiculous, and I love it. I absolutely love his. That makes me shit. love it. That makes me and, love it for sure. That he and how he's gonna make Jericho pay. Yeah. Um. And he's and and then he starts laughing as he's talking about how yeah. he's gonna hurt him. Yeah. And I love and then that. Just hangs up on him. Yeah. And that was kind of what played into the Mad King. I the idea of the Mad King. Yeah. That I loved. And that's I saw. The, that's the some, thing. I, go ahead. Some people didn't like it. Some people like oh. This just shows he's a bad person and he already had these intentions before the fireball, whatever. The man called into the booth. He made up a wife. This shit is awesome. It's good shit. <laughs> he, uh, pal, he, um, yeah. he, the thing I love about Eddie Kingston is he, you talk about like Keith Lee looking up words in the thesaurus. Yeah. Like he, Eddie just says, I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. Real bad. Yeah. Like literally those four, you know, almost words. like the Joker. I'm going to hurt you really bad. And he it sounds it so much glee. more threatening with yeah. Lee. And that like is the laughing. threatening part. 
Yeah. Like he's so happy at yeah. the fact he's going to do this to this man. Yeah. And uh, maybe he will hurt J- Chris Jericho really bad. He'll go on vacation and come back in three months yeah. and be used sparely and everything will be awesome. But that's not going to happen because then yeah. what would they do with Jake Hager? Then he's I, just uh, a lone, lone puppy walking poor, the halls. Poor Jake Hager. Yeah. Um, I I love the idea that that he just made that up on the spot. In my mind, Eddie Kingston did not tell Chris Jericho he was going to talk about his wife and he was trying to corpse yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it happened in my in my world. So we kind of we kind of breezed over the varsity blondes. Yeah. I don't like them on the mics. Oh, they're so bad. They've they're gotten really so bad. bad. And they were getting better, but now they're bad because you don't yeah. use them for six months. Right. John Harbaugh was wasted at ringside. It was cool that he was there. Yeah, he was a good um, sport. He's happy to be there. They call out House of Black because they're clearly not smart people. Mm-hmm. House of Black answers. And I actually, the one thing I really liked about this is they had the standoff mm-hmm. until for so long that Brian Pillman kind of flinched. Mm-hmm. And then they start throwing kicks right. and just lay them out. They yeah. give Julia Hart a chair. She lifts it up over her her tiny little trembling lips, <laughs> over her head, in fact. Yeah. But then chickens out, doesn't do it. Yeah. Which forces them to intimidate her and steal her eye patch. Yeah. Death triangle saves. Um You know the why thing why is this happening to me? The only why is this thing that would the only thing that would be worse than this was if that really was the end of it. Yeah. Like that like if he was just like, Oh, oh well, well now you're not gonna be part of the club. So let me out. tell you what will be worse. If Julia Hart finally eventually does switch over, uh-huh. Thus degrading the quality of the awesome death triangle because Julia Hart is is a is good for being 20 years old in a year in right. pro wrestling, right. which is, means she's terrible. Right. She's terrible right. for AEW and for Malachi Black and, mm-hmm. and all these awesome dudes in this group, which yeah. used to have a lot of heat, but right. now has no heat because they're feuding. Yeah. Alternately with Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison, who's only still hired by AEW because the Dark Order thought he was Brian Flying Brian Jr. Right. And um, also, I want I, I saw an old picture of Chris Jericho looked exactly like Griff Garrison. Really? Weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. Or Lenny like, Lane. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and then alternately like Death Triangle when they're healthy and right. Like it's for, just for six months round and round. There was one moment that I thought, okay, this might be fun, was when uh, the House of Black first appeared and they entered the ring and the Varsity Blondes were in the middle of the ring. And the way that they were arranged mm-hmm. was you had uh, the House of Black members in three corners of the ring and in yeah. the fourth corner was Julia. Julia, yeah. That was and that great. was a cool visual where yeah. it was like, oh, they're surrounded. And I thought, you know, oh, okay, she's going to spit the black mist. Yeah. You know, and it'll be like, okay, it's cheesy and it's whatever, but that would be cool. Every word you've said is better than what they did. Yeah. They took this awesome visual. Yeah. And, and they did nothing. It. Literally nothing with it. No. And, the and thing- then they pulled a total WWE move by having Death Triangle come out and then going to commercial and then mm-hmm. coming back and then playing a baddies promo. Yep. And then after that, Ray's just been Julia, in the ring. Yeah. With Julia. Julia's still in the ring. It's like a total WWE thing oh where they're, yeah. By that way, was bad, not, not good. Baddies looked awesome. Red Velvet's hair is no longer red. 
and it looks freaking amazing. She needs to stay with her brunette hair. Mm-hmm. Jade always looks fantastic. That's all I got out of that promo. Yeah, they I like awesome. that group. I like that group. That's a pretty good group. That's maybe maybe number five if on, on that heat index. They might be right there at the bottom. Yeah, they got potential. I mean, you know. They're not like, there they're, right now. They're not there soon. in the ring or anything, but like yeah. as a... As a I, you know, I was for sure that Jade Cargo was going face once she got the title, but um, I like this. I like, I like the, the I like baddies. This. It's yeah. a good move for Kira. It's a good move for Red Velvet. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, is like breakneck pace. They they turned him heel, but it works. Yeah. Red, okay, Ray Phoenix, Ray Phoenix, Dante Martin. This match was freaking awesome. I loved it. Did you like it as much as I did? I think so. Yeah. So okay. I, uh, I did manage to catch this Wednesday night. Okay. Um, but I wasn't able to pay full attention to it, and I thought, yeah. and, and at the time, I thought, oh, it's okay. It didn't went out so much what I expected. When I watched it again today, I really liked it. And not to compare this to the FTR match last week. Yeah. But much in the same way that even though. Like, I wouldn't say that FTR match was, you know, the best match in the world or, good match. you know, whatever. It was a good match that I really enjoyed because of how unique it was in the presentation and all that stuff. This match, you know, I like my wrestling to be a little more smash mouth. I like a little more violence and, you know, a little more a, FTR than this, a little more FTR. I like a little more FTR. Yeah. And, you know, I've always been. I'll say it. I've been a Ray Phoenix hater mm-hmm. uh, that, um, you know, he always just looks out of control. He looks like he disregards his people. Um, I always been, feel like he's just out there like, that. He I always feel like when he's wrestling a match, he is just flying around and has no regard for even what story he's telling. You yeah. know, he's just out there doing crazy crap and everyone else just has to figure out how to do a match around it. Yeah. And that's fine. He's really good at that crazy crap. This was probably <laughs> this was probably this is probably my favorite Ray Phoenix match yeah. since maybe you know when he had a match with like Pac or Kenny Omega or yeah. somebody. My favorite moment was Dante hit him with a poison rana. Yeah. And he sold that mother. Oh, yeah. The way he kicked his leg out. It was yeah. beautiful. I have right. that in my notes that that, yeah. that that sell job for the poison rana. Right. Was so good. It was kind of a little bit of a new Ray Phoenix. And I hope we get to yeah. uh, maybe I hope we get to see this continue. And what I liked about it was it was like what the, the story that was being told was that mm-hmm. Dante Martin is cut from the same cloth. Yeah. And Ray Phoenix had to wrestle himself. Yeah. Which which was really cool. A younger, and maybe faster maybe version faster. of himself. Yeah. He's just a little older. A yeah. little more seasoned. So those, you know, we've seen like, you know, Will Ospreay ricochet and those kind of matches where they just, you know, do these crazy sequences and stuff. And these sequences weren't that crazy. Yeah. But I just loved how they would just do a move and it just wouldn't work because the other person would just, you know, whiffle right through it, you know. Yeah. And Dante's face, his facial expressions were so good in this match where he was just like. You could tell he was like, I he's am come a long as, I'm way. as good as Ray Phoenix. He's come a long way in his yeah. facial expressions. Yeah. Would you go so far as to say they gave us a more grounded, reasoned version of flips and shit? 
Yeah. In a lot of ways. Like I they mean, made if, it yeah. psychologically compelling. They were you, selling yeah. moves. If really you accept well. if you accept the world in which these moves work yeah. and hurt people and it's not cooperative, like if you're willing to suspend that disbelief, Moment they two. gave a really good they gave a really good match of like this is what happens when two people who do that wrestle each other. They can't land yeah. things, they can't, you know, that flip where they did the Spanish fly and both landed on their feet and they just yeah. stood there. Like that was probably second only to the Wardlow moment. Yeah, you know, in terms of people just being like, "Yes, this is what I love AEW for." People are fist pumping in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. and I, now we've I, got. Yeah, I so we, want Dante Martin to be. So here's the thing. You know, yeah. we've talked about the past. We're both going to Double or Nothing. My yeah. wife, who hates wrestling and doesn't have any idea why I like it, mm-hmm. uh, is going to this show. So her first wrestling show she'll ever go to is this four hour pay per view. And now I'm fantasy booking myself what the ideal show is for her. Okay. And what I want to see is Ray Phoenix versus Dante Martin again. Yeah. Like I, I want I, her to see Dante Martin in person. From experience in general, and this is totally generalizing women as, as like a species. <laughs> Which is always a smart thing to do. Always the smart thing to do. That, that type of match generally helps women understand what we like about pro wrestling. I would agree. Th- with these that, yeah. guys are doing amazing things. Yeah. Even though we know it's fake. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. Like that's something I've always been able aspect to get. Of it. Yeah. yeah. It's something I've always been able to get girlfriends yeah. to understand or me not. I wasn't trying to get them to understand it. They just saw right. it and said, oh, I, right. I'll go watch this with you. And then yeah. they find out it's called TNA and then they absolutely <laughs> won't, will not go watch it with me. And I right. had to waste my free tickets. Not that I, I mean, this purely, purely, um, yeah. you know, fantasy scenario that definitely right. did not actually happen. Right. So we've got the men's Owen bracket right now. We've got Ray, fin- Ray Phoenix versus Kyle O'Reilly, uh-huh. Samoa Joe versus the Joker. And I want to come uh-huh. back to that. Okay. Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen. Yeah. Adam Cole versus Dax Harwood. Mm-hmm. Who do you see winning each of these matches? All right. I have not gone. Usually what I do when I'm looking at a tournament is to work backwards. Okay. Like figure out who I think is going to win and who would be in the finals. And it's tough with a Joker out there. And we know right. the Joker right. is going to be meaningful. Right. Either, either I'm going to make a guess here as in. With the Joker either being the return of Miro mm-hmm. or the debut of someone um, like Claudio Castagnoli. Right. Which, I, as much as I would like to see that, mm-hmm. I, I'm just like, man, I don't want to see Samoa Joe lose. I don't want to see them lose. But I think we can probably bet now Satnam Singh is going to interfere yeah. and cause Samoa Joe to lose to whoever the Joker is. So I right. think the Joker moves on. And I, I think, think Joker, <laughs> I think that's like a name of a novel or something. Yeah. The Joker moves on. And so I bet Adam Cole moves on. Yeah. Which makes me think, I think that Adam maybe, Cole will be in the finals. I think so. So I wonder if it might be Adam Cole versus whoever the Joker is, because it's either going to be a, a big return or a big debut. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, these are going to be, with the possible exception of Jeff Hardy, this is going to be a really good, these are going to be really good matches. And and the thing is, the Hardy match can be awesome because it's just going to be him. It could be. 
tossing Darby around, and Darby's going to be flying around like a little missile, and that's always exciting. And it'll be, you know, it'll be cool to see Darby against, like, his, you know, spiritual daddy. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and Don't know if I would put it that way, but yeah. He's basically, he, unfortunately, he's basically going to be wrestling his future. There's a there's a new daddy in town. There's a new daddy. Disciplined daddy. Yeah. Daddy That's Alan. Arrested Development right there. Uh, I missed that reference. Sorry. Oh, well. Um, I mean, it'll be cool to see Darby. You know, I hope that Darby looks at Jeff Hardy and says, OK, I don't want to end up like this. You know, although death, you know, considering how much Jeff Hardy's put himself through, he's actually doing pretty well. But doing better than Matt. He's about. At least he doesn't right. look like he's in pain Ironically, when he walks. Yeah. But, you know. This is about the only match I'm actually interested in seeing Jeff Hardy do yeah. anymore. That Bobby Fish match just I was like, I'm, I'm I'm over it. They're building hard towards the Hardys versus the Young Bucks on BTE. Yeah. I'm I don't I don't I've seen I, that match. No. No, I, it's no. fine. It would have been it. it would have been great like a decade ago. Yeah. When the Young Bucks were like twelve. Right. Um <laughs> Darby and Sting also cut a crazy short promo. It was like four seconds. They're like, it's going to be a special yeah, night. Almost nothing. We're going to pull out all the stops. This was the third or fourth, like this Samoa Joe right. did one earlier where he just basically, I don't know, he growled. Right. He, it was like a three second promo. This was a new thing. It was so They gener- did three right. of these. I think they're experimenting with that. I, I This is one of those things where it's like they need to hire some. They need they, they need some people to punch up their promos because that was that was he's like basically saying, hey, I know, Jeff, you're going to pull out all the stops. Hey, Darby's going to pull out all the stops and then it's going to be awesome. They're great if you it. have a good one liner. None right. of these people had a good one liner. No, none it, of them. Yeah. Um, He should like even little things of saying like, hey, Jeff, I know you're going to pull out all the stops. Guess what? Darby doesn't have any stops. Yeah. You know, like just. Yeah. That, that's perfect. Tweak it just a little bit. Listen, they need to hire Kevin Ely, the A side of this show. That's you <laughs> know what? You should be the no. A side, Kevin Ely. I like that. Um, so then we had Thunder Rosa comes out on the ramp, talks about how young Rosa used to run the roads of Cali to watch one person, her idol, Serena Deeb. Mm-hmm. Serena Deeb walks out looking like a million damn dollars. Yeah. Ten Even out of ten out. Yeah. Oh my God. The black eye just worked with the outfit. It was it was a thing of beauty. Um, Deeb says she's on another level and the match is signed. This is going to be this. Is, well, this one's going to be hot. And I really hope Thunder Rosa steps it up to face Serena Deeb. And I think yeah, she will. I think she will. Um, I think both. I think both of them have a lot to prove. Yeah. And and listen, they're talking about making this like the premier women's division in pro wrestling. Yeah. They are the only two women in this company or the, the top two who have a mm-hmm. chance to do that. Mm-hmm. And they have a lot of off nights lately. They need to be on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm excited. This, this pro, it wasn't the best promo ever. No. But it still got me excited. Just the presence of the two women. Rosa is just not great. Deeb was better. Like, D was great. I, Rosa is just not super great at that. I'm going Rosa's to address like the crowd kind of A little thing. too casual. Like, she's kind yeah. of. When she's like, talking, hey, guys. She's talking you know, like she's talking to somebody in her taco vlog. Yeah. Which is exactly. very engaging, but it doesn't and, work with the crowd. And she needs a little bit of coaching on her delivery, just voice wise, like how to use her voice. Because yeah. what she does is when she projects, her voice goes up into her nose. Mm-hmm. And she needs to learn how to project more, like from her gut. Yeah. And 
uh, and and like I think you're going to get canceled for that. <laughs> Talking about her gut. Come on. Her, now, no, it's not. I know exactly at all. Her diaphragms, what you say. Yes. Push, push from the from the inside the as opposed to head going because she it just comes out nasal. And I know exactly what you mean. And yeah. And and a little bit grating. And I think this segment would have been better as a sit down interview. Like, well, yeah. here's what I would love if like she's doing a sit down interview with like Jr. or Tony. Yeah. And she's talked. And then saying Serena walks she's out. Saying, hey, when I did this, da, 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 blah, 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 blah. And they said, well, we have the number one contender right here. Tony gets up. She's sitting down. They're face to face. And they're like leaning in and like almost, you know, like yeah. Eve's just almost like whispering to her, you know? Yeah. Like that would be awesome. That would have been really great. Uh, Might have been boring to the people in the arena. And, you know, but. Well, listen, as Vince McMahon has proven, nobody gives a shit about the people in the arena. That's right. Nobody cares at all. Yeah. We, we, this, this is about telling a story to us. Right. I don't actually believe that at all. But um, so moving to Rampage, to, like Tony Storm and Ruby Soho mm-hmm. defeated Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. This was my maybe my favorite match of the week. Love it. A, every woman in this match had the best match they've had in forever. I noticed it more with Ruby Soho. Because Ruby Soho, I thought, has not been great wrestling in AEW. And then I listened to Dave Meltzer, and he talks about everyone but Ruby Soho. And he was right. Everybody had a great match. Mm-hmm. But it was a big deal. Tony Storm pinned Britt yes. Baker clean. Britt Baker, yes. That was a huge surprise to me. I assumed Jamie Hayter was going to take the the pin there, but it was Britt. So they've got big plans for Tony Storm. That is clear. Yeah, that's and a good sign. And she's living up to him. And and Ruby, to, uh, to me, maybe she's elevated Ruby p- p- potentially. I think she definitely lit a fire under her. I mean, I yeah. think Ruby hanging out with, you know, the Sky Blues and Anna Jays of the world for the last several weeks on Dark. Yeah. You know, she was kind of I wouldn't say she was phoning it in, but she she definitely was doing Every- the more. She was definitely Ruby Riot. You know, what everybody I mean? like she was doing the more WWE style kind of everybody in sports at some point hit, hit a deal where they play up to their competition. They play down to their competition. Mm-hmm. And if everybody there is a much worse worker than you, you don't have to look exceptional. But if everybody in that ring can work, right. you're going to try hard to look exceptional. And yeah. maybe that's what was happening here. And we need more of it from all these women. This was a great yeah. match. I hope I hope this match like got them fired up and said, "Man, we can't wait to show out in our tournament matches." You know, because yeah. all four of those people, a uh, Tony and Jamie, I hope have a really great match. Uh, Ruby and Britt aren't um, in the opening, right? No, they're in opposite brackets. No, they're in opposite. So you brackets. could see them in the final. They could, yeah. That may be and a preview of the final. Ruby has the song. Ruby has the fan support. Mm-hmm. And if she can keep wrestling like this, I am happy to see her go for a title and maybe mm-hmm. take one home. Although I feel like they have Tony Storm just from this. I yeah. feel like they've got her slotted in as championship material yeah. before Ruby. Uh, there was a commercial I really liked. You, I think you missed it. Um, Did miss it, yeah. It was a commercial for the Asian and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, and it had Tony Khan basically saying, and this is something I never really thought of as just a, mm-hmm. just a fat white kid in the South, that growing up as a pro wrestling fan, ev- like Tony Khan, every character he saw that looked like him, his mom, his dad, his sister, mm-hmm. they were all bad guys. They were never mm-hmm. the good guys. Yeah. And how that's something he takes pride in is is demonstrating the phenomenal – um, 
the phenomenal wrestling heritage that, uh, of of these Asian and Pacific Islander um, wrestlers. And they showed Wheeler Yuta, Yuka Sakazaki, Riho. Yeah. And they've got a, a lot of really great wrestlers. And I also like that Tony is clearly, as Booker, he's got them as faces. He's got them as heels. He has the full spectrum yeah. for everybody out there. And, I, and that's something that was not a thing growing up. You didn't see all races represented as both faces and heels. Mm-hmm. And that's something AEW is very, very good at. And uh, yeah, and they're really and, good at they're really good at having people's background be a part of who they are, but not yeah. necessarily their gimmick, not who they are. Right. Like a like part. like Hikaru Shida is very tied to, you know, being Japanese and, yeah. and her style and all that is like very Tokyo, you know. Yeah. But she's not like, you know, doing karate. <laughs> you know, and it's like not the, um, the way that you would have had back in the day, you know. And and we don't I'm glad we've left our crime times in the past where right. their entire gimmick is they like to steal things from people. <laughs> Gosh, how was that a thing? I mean, come that was so the bad. 2000s. Yeah, that was insane. in the 2000s, Kevin. I can't believe oh, that. Oh my god. But either Wrestling way, it was really cool to see it was really cool to see Tony talking about that um during this commercial very humanizing then we got our phone call from chris jericho which Mm -hmm. was awesome um and then we had we had a tony niece promo Mm -hmm. and tony niece actually used this promo to do something he showed off his abs he talked Mm -hmm. about being the premier athlete the big signing and but he couldn't get any attention so now he's going after the guy that was getting all the attention I expected him to call out Hook. He instead called out Danhausen. I'm excited yeah. for this, and I'm excited <laughs> for what it led to after that, this next. That match. should be pretty interesting. One thing I love about Tony, before we move on, is uh, his in his interview. I love how he is continuing to refer to himself as the hottest free agent signing yeah. in AEW history. Yes, even though <laughs> he signed right before Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, <laughs> Swerve Strickland, Ruby Soho, Keith Lee. Like he's not even in the top 10. I mean John signed. Moxley was a free agent signing. Right. Right. Good lord. I love it. I love it though, and I'm liking the character and I'm liking what they're doing with him and it's way better than just him not being on dynamite for eight or nine months at a time. Right. So then we had a, a fun hook match with JD Drake. I really liked it. The man head butted a chop head butted a chop. I've never seen that in my life. (laughs) Now we clearly need to see hook versus Suzuki at some point. Yeah. And um, after defeating JD Drake, because there's no question he's defending JD Drake, he's defeating JD Drake. Mm-hmm. Danhausen comes out asking Hook to corner him versus Tony Nice. Mm-hmm. Hook shoves him down, yep. which Danhausen throws out a bag of chips, yep. literally with a bow on it. With a bow, because it was Hook's birthday. It was Hook's birthday. Yeah. Very sweet. He was like 21 or something. He's like 17 years old. Yeah. And the crowd is chanting Hookhausen. Yes. And by and the way, and takes credit for it. Yes, of course. I, he does. I came up. I came up. With I, he that. came up with that. La- yeah, last week. And um, and Hook throws down the chips, walks off. This is after shoving Dan Downhausen from putting his hands on Hook. Um, it's clearly going to happen. I hope it happens soon. And um, I'm into that. It's a great way to get 
Yes. To get Hook out of the singles picture for a while, have some tag matches, yeah. have some fun with Danhausen, get get the experience he needs without building up a 40 and 0 record and then trying to keep him out of the power rankings. Yeah, I they right. I think that's the whole thing is to just sideline him so that they keep him out of you being too successful him, too fast, but you sideline him while putting him in a really fun spot to have a lot of yeah. fun feuds. So far, I'm I'm pretty good with this. Like when I they like, first said they're putting them together, I was like, oh no, this is gonna mess up Hook. Yeah, doing comedy stuff. But so far, he's playing it straight. And as long as they keep doing that, like I said, yep. a couple of weeks ago, if they if they go look at their tapes of uh, Steve Austin and Dude Love. Yeah. As opposed to the rock and sock connection, then then we, you know, which they, they bet, don't need to they don't need to become RK bro. I bet you anything, Tony Khan, this is what's in his head when he put this together. I guarantee you that's who was in his head. Yeah. And what's crazy is that next was maybe my favorite promo of the night. FTR with Lexi Nair, who, by the way, I had a lot of trouble finding her name because they don't have her listed yeah. in their crew anywhere. Basically, it was Dax saying, I like the cheers. Mm -hmm. We had the booze before, and we had the booze because I was a nasty bastard. Mm -hmm. And I loved that. He's like, versus Adam Cole, I'm bringing that nasty bastard back. Mm -hmm. And it was awesome. I loved this promo. Dax Harwood might be my favorite wrestler in the world right now. You know what? I've been trying to think who who is lately, and I think he's in the running. Like I've really got to put some thought to this. Yeah. I don't think it's Adam Page right now, even though he was. Mm-hmm. Dax, this Dax is awesome, man. He and is now. Man. I'm so hyped up for this match. Yeah. Back in the day, when I was younger, a younger lad, mm-hmm. uh, watching the Superstation every Saturday at six oh five, my favorite wrestler was Arn Anderson. Oh wow! And because like Flair was great, Dusty was great. But when Arn Anderson got to talk after Flair, you know, Flair would hand over the mic to him. So underrated. And it would be like, okay, you went out and peacocked. Now I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Yeah. Let me tell you what's really going to happen. Yeah. And, and there was a promo that I remember very clearly of Arn Anderson, where he talked about like tag titles and all that. They were talking about like horseman business, right? They always talk about like horseman business. Who's on the list, all that stuff. And then he'd say, okay, once that's done, once that's done, once that's done, and he named someone with a title. Yeah. Hey, it's about time I did something for myself, you know? Oh, yeah. And and the way he said that, like, Dax captures that. He does. You know, that Arn Anderson feeling of, like, I'm not the flashiest guy. I'm not the strongest guy, but I'm the realest guy. Yeah. And no, that's a perfect. Yeah. It's a perfect analogy. By the way, can you guess my least favorite Arn Anderson gimmick um, in WCW? Oh, gosh. There was one that was te- I thought was terrible. Oh, no. What was it? I can't, re- I can't even I think. I can't remember who, but he smashed somebody's hand in a car door, and they didn't call him the enforcer for about six months. Do you remember what they called him? The, the cruncher, wasn't it? Or the cruncher. Like yeah. The cruncher. It, yeah, that was him and Zabisco, and they did it to uh, yeah, Wyndham. That's right. I hated the cruncher. I hated the term the cruncher. It sounded so lame to me. Yeah, that's so bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's see. What else do we have here? Uh, 
uh, we we got the debut of Dark Riho, even though she's the yeah. exact same Riho. Right, I like still that. Still had her like pink shorts. Uh-huh. Riho in the in the dark outfit looked totally different. I thought it was really cool. Really good match with like a newly muscular Yuka Sakazaki, mm-hmm. and the muscularity looked good. It looked like she could actually hurt somebody as opposed mm-hmm. to her previous incarnation. Mm-hmm. We had a sets uh, a Sean Spears promo. Um, where he talked about building Wardlow and then taking him out. So mm-hmm. he's going to fail at something next week against Wardlow. I don't know why I left it at that. I have no idea why <laughs> I, was, I just dropped I was like, it there. A thought. Like, that's all That's all I had. He's just going to fail at something because I don't even remember <laughs> precisely what he said. Yeah. Rio match was really good. Yeah. And of course, this came right before. Um, Dan Lambert cut right. his promo. We already talked. We already about, talked about that. A phenomenal promo, man. What do you think the, of uh, Kanusuke Tesh? Te, was it Takeshita? Takeshita, yeah. Takeshita. Um, which uh, the way I have learned to spell it is it's spelled take shit uh. That's yeah. how you per- that's how you spell it, and that's <laughs> yeah, how that I is learned actually how you spell and, it. And uh, I really like him. I really yeah. like him, and I really want to see more of him. I hope we have him for a little while. I don't mm-hmm. know. If he's doing like, I know he's not a, a New Japan young boy. I know that mm-hmm. he's from DDT. I hope we get him for a while like this and young boys out for a year or two. Yeah. Um, he might be a was, good uh, ROH guy if they start, you know, because yeah. he's in there with Jay Lethal. But, uh, you know, he he could be good, good in that sort of more. He, he would be really straightforward good. wrestling type thing. And as much as I am liking, I like all the things they've been doing with ROH so far. Right. I really am ready for it to break away because yes, please. I'm I'm kind of one thing I was kind of hoping was they might be do go the, the Jungle Boy match might be away even though I don't think he's going to win now of getting rid of that FTW title because there's so many titles right now. Mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, good match. Um, I I love at the end. Let's let's break down the end of this match. So the cash to start questionable decisions, yeah, beaten down. Uh Outcome, best friends. Mm -hmm. So Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta walk to the ring and decide we're going to take on three men, one of which who is twelve feet tall. Right, they walk right past Satnam. They walk right past him. They attack their people and then they get demolished. Like you mm-hmm. expect him to. Mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy follows. Yeah. Already deciding my it's I'm okay with my friend's death right now. They're, yeah. It's okay that they're gonna stands die. on the ring while yes. Chuck's head is getting beaten into the yes. mat. Getting lifted into the air and slammed down. Yes. And he fa- puts his hands in his pockets to face off with Satinum mm-hmm. and then jumps down as Samoa Joe comes out with his official AEW lead pipe. Right. The one they have that's being passed around everybody back today. Yeah, they just keep it. Tony just keeps it there now, in case. I I mean, I don't think I'm I'm a I'm a great military strategist of any sort. Mm-hmm. But I might have come out with Trent Beretta, Chuck Taylor, Orange Cassidy, Samoa Joe, and the official AEW lead pipe. Right. All at once. All at once. And then <laughs> With Takeshita, we have a five-on-three advantage, even if one of the people is 15 feet tall, and he's right. only going to be growing each and every week. Right. This uh, this seemed very stupid. 
Yes. And they keep trying to make Orange Cassidy look like the stupidest person. They want him to be cool. They want him to be cool. They're cool with him being stupid, and stupid's not cool. No. He's also kind Arthur of a Fonzarelli jerk. taught us that. Yes, also a jerk, just letting his friends walk to their deaths. Right. It's amazing Trent Breda's head is even still on his shoulders. Yeah. After his after his fusion surgery that's, and that's, the things yeah. they've been doing to him. That's the kind of thing that like when you're you talk about the fictional world, like you're imagining them saying, Okay, at the end of this match. Yeah. We'll go out just the two of us. Yeah. And we're gonna get beaten down, but it's okay. It's okay. Orange because is going to have our back. Thing, like, or or Orange is the guy saying, shit. you guys go out, and then yeah. while you're getting beat up, I'm going to go face off against the giant. Yeah. And Joe, you wait here. Yeah. Yeah. You just wait. Wait for my cue. And my cue is when I jump off the ring, then you go with the pipe. Yeah. And Chuck's like, well, wait a minute. Don't I get beat up a lot in this scenario? And Orange is like, it's all right. It'll be cool. Exactly. Don't worry about it. And then Horrible. that's what convinced them. Yeah. Which, by the way, just as an aside, every single person in Southwest Louisiana I know, they like almost every dude I know, just random dude from the woods, mm-hmm. always has a story about getting in an argument with somebody at the fair and going back to their pickup truck for a lead pipe. So they would do well in AEW right now. Right. Just, I think it's hitting home with the people of Southwest Louisiana. Yeah. 100%. The only thing oh. that would have made this work was if there was a minivan. Oh, my God. If Joe had gotten out of a minivan and Sue had handed him the pipe. I would have loved it if you had seen that minivan. Yeah. Like everybody is out and then the minivan like jumps a foot as Samoa Joe jumps out the back. <laughs> that would have been awesome. I would right. love that. And Chuck, so, Chuck and Trent are just getting the crap beat out of him while Sue yeah. like, you know, slow drives this. Oh, my God. Have Sue just mugging for the camera. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That would be great because apparently no one. Friend of the show. No one gives a living shit about the the safety of Chuck and Trent. No. Other than each other. Um, Overall, Rampage was the most fun show of the week for me. I really, really liked it. Um, Let's talk about what should have been on Dynamite this week. Do you have any? We we totally skipped the ROH women's match. We did. We absolutely did, which was the main event on Dynamite. Deon- That's right. Because That's kind of we, fitting, we, <laughs> we mentioned, there you we go. Talk, yeah. we, we mentioned the fact that one of the two ladies was clothesline ready. Um, Deanna Perrazzo had an awesome entrance. It was a really cool yeah. entrance. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, she was the second person in the ring after Mercedes Martinez, who, who was walking really out. nervous. Looked really nervous, is walking out with the belt. Uh, with the graphic showing her record as the champion being three and three. Three and three. Three wins, three losses. Yep. Your champion. Come on. Just don't put it on the screen. Yeah. Just don't I put know. it there. But yeah. they put it there anyway. The This was a situation where I think most wrestling fans knew this would be a decent match. Mm-hmm. But most, rest, the most wrestling fans that knew these women most wrestling fans just know Mercedes is someone they've seen lose a couple times yeah. on uh, on television. Right. They've never heard of Deanna Perrazzo. And Most probably haven't, yeah. No clue why they're in the main event. Mm-hmm. And I think I haven't seen the, the quarter hour breakdown, but I'm pretty confident that $830,000 number yeah. was probably about 600000 for this segment. I think everybody left. Everybody. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, and that it was, was one of those things. Where I was match. Like, yeah, it was good. It was a good it was match. Good. 
I all, like listen. Yeah. All the women's matches were really good this week. Yeah, they were. But this was not smart to put it as the main event. I get it. It's a title match. Mm-hmm. The UFC would have it as their main event if it's a I title think, match. All right. I think Ugh. he I think he had two things. Number one, he's a big mark for ROH. And I yes. think he's I think he's overly in love with ROH. Yes. Number two, I think he knew that that last half hour or the last hour of that show was going to be the weakest one because of the competition yeah. and went ahead and said, okay, I'm going to program for what I think is creatively yeah. the right thing to do and, and, yeah. and sacrifice ratings be damned. You know, I'm not going to like, I think he basically was like, I'm not going to blow my hottest stuff yeah. on a night that we're going to get killed. And this is a thing where generally your hottest stuff, like AEW usually tries to put the hottest matches, the beginning and the end. They probably right. front loaded a little because they look, they knew they were going to get massacred yeah. by the NBA and they did get right. ma- Everybody did. Raw had its lowest number in a long, long time this week mm-hmm. as well. The NBA is 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 yeah. You know what? It's killing it. It's yeah. making AEW look very clothesline ready this week. <laughs> um, making all pro wrestling look clothesline yeah. ready. Yeah. Um, overall, a good match, and and I don't hate Tony Khan for putting it in the main event. It's a title match. No, Maybe fine, don't yeah. advertise that your champions are th- have three wins and three right. losses, and all three yeah. wins happened on dark. Also, they're clearly not including ROH matches in these records because I have seen. Right. Um, I've seen some records where, yeah, people her, her ROH record should be one and zero. Yes, her exactly, exactly. There's also um, I cannot remember who it was when I was looking earlier at the uh, at the rankings or or some win losses or something, but I saw that somebody that won on ROH didn't have like didn't have a win on their record this year. Oh, hmm. I'll tell you who it was. It was Brian Cage. Okay. Brian Cage. On AEW's website is 0-0 for the year, but he had a win on Ring of Honor, and they're not counting that Ring of Honor win. Yeah. Which, yeah, by they the need way, to sort that out. Brian Cage is healthy. Brian Cage is under contract. Brian Cage is clearly willing to wrestle. Where the hell's Brian Cage? Maybe he's the Joker. Maybe he's the he could be the Joker. I think it would probably be disappointing be the first to two-time some people. Joker. <laughs> okay, that sounds like something they might actually do, though. Okay, so now... With that out of our systems, mm-hmm. what do you think should have been on Dynamite this week? I actually didn't have anything because I barely even got to watch Dynamite and, okay. and Rampage, so I didn't really have anything extra. Unfortunately, I did, watch, I did watch a little Hey You. I liked it. I liked the Billy Gunn one. Is that the one you saw? That's not now. It was the segments of uh, him and like Arn Anderson. I need to go back and watch it's, that. There's How one good. There's only one good line in it. Oh God! And the Billy Gun one's pretty good. They're talking about the imaginary gun that Arn Anderson carries around. Yeah, and okay. uh, what's his name? RJ City pull pulls out. He says, "Well, I have a gift for you," and he starts to pull out like this long imaginary object and like fumble around with it, like he's putting something together, like he's loading yeah. it, and then he sort of imagined, like pretends to hand it to Arn Anderson. Yeah. And Arn Anderson just goes, did you just pack me a giant bong? <laughs> and I, that was the most unexpected reaction. That's really good. <laughs> and he said, no, it was a musket. Oh, wow. But yeah, he just, just he, Arn Anderson asking if he was handing him a bong. Was that's pretty good. Money line. Oh. So I guess I did have something. So, hey, W this week with with Billy Gunn was was pretty decent. I enjoyed mm-hmm. that. But there were some really good matches on Dark and Dark Elevation. 
Let me pull. Let me find cheeseburger. He's listed cheeseburger. That's the thing. It was fascinating because cheeseburger wrestled, I believe, Tony Nese. Am I right in that? Yes. Who was? Yes. Yes. And on commentary, the only two people I heard were Mark Henry and Paul White. Yeah. It is clear neither of these two men have any clue who Cheeseburger no, is. No, no idea clue. Who he was. Cheeseburger is my has been my favorite part of Wrestle Kingdom for like yes in the years, Rambo. Yes, he's always in the Rambo, and when they skipped the Rambo, I was broken hearted. Mm-hmm. And he's of course head trainer at the New Japan LA Dojo, and to see him. In the AEW ring, making his AEW debut, I was excited. Mm-hmm. And the fans were losing their minds for Cheeseburger because they, they yeah. know. Right. But Paul White. Yeah. <laughs> and Mark Henry had no clue. No clue. And Paul White just kept going to Cheeseburger jokes and lo- yeah. jokes about Cheeseburger. They had no clue why this man was so popular. No, and they were dumbfounded. They were dumbfounded. And it was just a really good match. It was yeah, a it was real fun. good match. There was a decent match with John Silver versus the Hollywood Hunk. It was okay. The best other match on... Uh, so, Cheeseburger was on Dark Elevation. Mm-hmm. And uh, on Dark itself, Tony Storm versus Diamante had a really good match. They had a real good okay. match. Tony Storm looked fantastic. That was definitely worth watching. And that is all I have for this week. Um, Thunder Rosa went... Uh, went, to- went, went uh, Eating tacos with Ethan Page. It turns out Ethan Page's wife is uh, is of Latino heritage, and so okay. they had a lot of uh, fun conversation about that. Didn't quite deserve to be on Dynamite, but I've really been liking the Thunder Rosa stuff, and mm-hmm. I think pretty like she's growing really quickly as a commentator, and I really like her vlog every week. As BTE has gotten pretty boring. Mm-hmm. Sammy's has never been watchable for me. Nammy. Um, and now, uh, oddly enough, I never thought I'd say it. Thunder Rose's taco vlog and Ethan Page's vlog are kind of the two, two top ones for me. Kevin, let's go over what matches we have to look forward to in the coming week. So, Ricky Starks and Jungle Boy for the FTW title. I'll I'm be thinking good. Jungle Boy loses and Christian gets more mad at him. Yeah. Uh, CM Punk versus John Silver in Long Island, which should be super fun on a number of levels. I forgot to mention John Silver's promo where he talked about, do you know why they call me the meat man? These two sirloin steaks. <laughs> sirloin steaks, which, which, Sir which JR, steaks. JR had a good time with. I'm excited for that match. I think that's I liked be his really shirt, too. One. The 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 uh, Johnny Hungy shirt he was wearing. Oh, I which it had. A, yeah, he was wearing a new Johnny Hungy shirt. That has a cartoon of John Silver just being John Silver, but the cartoon John Silver has a heart tattoo on his arm that says Budge. Oh my God. That is yeah, awesome. Yeah, so it's like love. It's like a gimmick within a gimmick. Okay. Then we've got uh, the MJF versus Wardlow contract signing with Sean Spears saying he's going to pull something. Yeah. I have to think this is where we're going to get Wardlow breaking the handcuffs. Like he's got to break so the too. handcuffs. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be this handcuffed where- during the signing. and Yeah. yeah. And then. Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. I think this one could be a bop. This one could be real, yeah. real good. Um, that we've got the Jericho Appreciation Society victory speech, which is probably going to be terrible. Yeah, and I hate to say that because I love all those people except for Jake Hager. 
I, um, one, one quick thing on Rampage. Yes. I noticed that I appreciate that Jericho was wearing, speaking of t-shirts, he was wearing a uh, Daddy Magic Matt Menard t-shirt as he was doing commentary. So good for totally him. Missed, I've good totally for him. missed all the shirts this week. I like that. I need to see this because I'm willing to buy a Matt Menard t-shirt. Okay, you want to finish running these down? We'll think we've yeah. Got so more. then the other two things are the Owen. Oh, so like it's good matches next week. Adam this Cole and Dax Harwood show. Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen. Like that Owen Owen tournament's kicking into gear. And I That's don't fun. think we have anything officially for Rampage, but I'm betting we have. They'll Dan have to House be some Tony Nice. Yeah, and then there'll have to be some uh, Owen matches because they've got to do at least a few. They've got to get through all the quarterfinals next week. Okay. And give us a quick rundown of the Dark Elevation preview for this week. So I don't know if it's this coming week or the next couple of weeks, depending on how much they test it, but there will be a Wheeler Yuta pure title defense, which okay. should be fun. I don't remember who he's defending against. And then uh, the spoilers were that there is an invasion of L.A. Dojo talent yeah. from New Japan invading... Uh, Dark. I don't know if that means they're like taking it over or just doing a bunch of matches, but we're going to yeah. see Clark Connors, uh, Fredericks, uh, Carl Fredericks, Uemura, uh, Coughlin, and Kevin Knight, who I'm not familiar with. I but. think there's a Uemura match this week, like today, mm -hmm. on either Dark or Dark Elevation. Also, if you have questions for Carl Fredericks, Garrett Gonzalez is doing an interview with him this week on Fight Game Media. I'm really looking forward to that. Yep. Overall, we had uh, a great week of wrestling, and this next week is looking phenomenal. This is a stat card for Dynamite. Um, it is time for us to get out of here. My dog is telling me to wrap it up. Uh, so from me, James McDaniel, from Kevin Ely, from everybody here at Fight Game Media, have a great week, everybody, and hopefully next week we will see you back on Monday.